0: The Other Side Podcast mission is to discuss important cultural and social issues relating to race, culture, gender, and equality. Welcome. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of The Other Side Podcast. I'm Scott Kirk here with Lucas Sullivan. And today we will be talking to Jordan Johnson, who's a senior at Pickering and North High School. Welcome, Jordan.
1: Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, thanks for giving us your time. We first came across Jordan in the newspaper. Actually, she uh, made some headlines, although I, I don't think you really expected to. But you made yeah. she made some headlines with a Black History Month program. And Jordan, can you kind of uh, briefly tell us like what you did and kind of how things got a little? I guess how you ended up
1: kind of in the news. Okay, so this was actually my first year running the Black History Month program because we didn't really have a lead, so I kind of took that spot. So me and four of my closest friends, we decided just to do this thing by ourselves. So started planning in October, February came around, and it's the day of the program. The program went exceptionally well for the school. Everybody loved it. And during so
2: this program us. is an assembly?
1: Yeah, so okay. it's an assembly during the school day. We have two, one for the freshmen and juniors and the other for the sophomores and seniors. Okay. Um, so you don't have to come to the assembly, of course, but you can like sit in Commons, but most people just choose to come anyway. So, you know, we did the program and it was, you know, received really well. And then we did it on a Thursday. It's like Saturday by the time I hear about some of the parents in Pickerington saying some really harsh things about our program that I didn't really expect.
0: What did the program consist of? Like, what did you guys do during the presentation? All right.
1: So, yeah, I can take you through the program. So the program's kind of split in the acts. We kind of took you through the history of african americans in america so we started with when we were brought over as slaves and we ended with where we're at now you know in our professionalism and just how we are now so we started with like a video of pharrell just talking about black history month and then we went into like slave fashion Mm -hmm. um quote unquote so we had some of my kids walked out and like what slave you would see slaves wearing then we went into like some gospel hymns and then we kind of just took it through the ages, so we leaped to the 40s and did some songs and some spoken words in the 60s and the civil rights era and 80s up until now. So some of the acts that we featured, and well, all the acts that we featured were completely student-led and student, like everybody came up with their own acts. So it was just a combination of creativity.
2: And did you Um, have to get them approved or run them past any administration or teachers before you performed them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we had a couple teachers work alongside us. However, because the program was so small to begin with. There's not a whole bunch of teachers that want to jump on board, but we did have our assistant principal and a couple other adults help us out with the program too.
2: Okay. What part of your program did you start to hear some rumblings about?
1: So when we continued to bring it um, up towards the ages that we're at now, talking about police brutality and some of the things that we have going on, we had a signs and questions portion to involve the audience in. So, the audience was given a card with the red and the green side, meaning, yes, I have felt this way, or no, I have not felt this way. And when my MCs asked them questions, real life examples. So, the example that was talked the most about was when we talked about Philando Castile. So the question, how we set it up was, if you're stopped at a routine traffic light, should you feel as though your life is in danger? So when the audience holds up their cards, it's overwhelmingly red. So it's, no, I should not feel in danger from people of all skin colors, all who people who look completely different. Everybody said no. So we started going into the example of how Philando Castile was stopped at a routine traffic light. The police asked him, Philando Castile told him that he had a gun in his car. The cop told him to keep his hands up. He kept his hands up, but he was still shot seven times. And we showed the dash cam video of the police officer where there was no blood, no body, nothing. You couldn't see anything. All you heard were the gunshots. So that was the main issue. That's kind of what started the uproar among Pickerington.
0: Jordan, was but there any reaction from the audience at the time? Like, were people booing or oohing and ahing, or was it just kind of quiet? Not
1: at all. No. I mean, it was, yeah, it was kind of quiet. Like, everybody's digesting it like I said, didn't have any bad reviews after. Everybody just told me they were just like super emotional and the program opened their eyes to things that they didn't know about.
2: So you left that assembly feeling pretty good about The presentation,
1: right? Yep. Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, and so then the weekend happens, and then the next week comes around, and you start to, and some parents start to get very vocal. Was it on social media first, or was it calling the school? Like, when did you? How did you start to hear that parents of students were upset?
1: So Pickerington parents have like a Facebook called Pickerington Peeps where they talk about some things that I guess they don't like in Pickerington, and so I don't have a Facebook personally but of course other people do. And, you know, I got screenshots of what some of the parents were posting saying my program was a political rally and that it was mandatory for students to come and it was a disgrace to education and all of these different things. And I was just really taken aback. Like, it really shocked me. And all of this came from parents who had never seen the program. Right, so
2: they're hearing about it from their students and their children and just interpreting their own thoughts and do it since they didn't see it.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened. And at this
0: point, had you heard anything from school officials?
1: No, I got no. Everybody that came up to me and commended me for the program was truly ecstatic. They told me it was the best program that we've ever had. It was just an eye opener that, you know, they were pleased to be in the room while we presented it. So, yeah, I got everything was positive.
0: What were your... Intentions. What did you intend to do or accomplish with the presentation?
1: So the overall intention of the program is to educate because black history is not taught in school. It is my job as a coordinator, as a black woman, to present you with what my life is like and what our life is like as black people. So it's really just educational purposes and to inspire other black people and people of other races just to stand up in your truth, you know, because it's not, especially at a school in Pickerington, this is not in our curriculum at all.
2: So there was this meeting, I guess it was a standing room only meeting in front of the school board, right? Right. And so what was it like going through that, like leading up to it? Were you embracing that discussion? Were you hesitant? Were you scared? Like, what were your emotions that
1: day? Yeah. So the lady who like ran, quote unquote, she was most. She was the most in uproar about our program. Mm-hmm. Um, she had called that she would go to the school board meeting the following Monday to voice her concerns about the program.
0: Is this Miss Timandowski? Timandowski. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's her. So leading up to it, you know, I took to Twitter and I called. You know, the students in my school, the students at Pickerington Central, who also have a Black History Month program, just to call them to like, we need to show up and we need to show out for our program because we know that what we did was for educational purposes and we know our intentions behind it was to not make anybody feel uncomfortable. So honestly, in myself... It was a very emotional day because it was kind of like you're attacking what I've been working so hard for for months. You know what I mean? And it's like I'm sorry, my voice is shaking. Like. It's kind of like you're attacking, like I'm telling you how I feel as a black person in America, and you're telling me, no, you should not feel this way. You know what I mean? So it was a very emotional day. It's still emotional now, even though it's over. But it's kind of like I didn't really know how to feel. I didn't know how we were going to be faced. I didn't know how many people were going to show up in support of us and how many people were going to show up against us. So everything was up in the air, and it was completely out of my control.
0: (laughs) The woman that you were speaking about, Miss Becky Timandowski, she was actually quoted in a story that ran in a dispatch. And this is basically her response to to the program. She says, quote, but denigrating police crosses a line, especially in a school wide assembly. When politics and history are conflated, it only serves to divide people. Jordan, what's your response to
1: that? I think she looked at the wrong side of what we were showing at the program. We never said anything like degrading police. We never said anything bashing the police. We simply said black people as just being black people are killed by the police more. And that's a fact that you should not ignore. Um, That's something that's blatantly obvious. And when we bring, first of all, one example to light, and it causes so much uproar, you have to understand that the uproar is only because we're stating facts, you know what I mean? So I think that happens a lot when we try and tell other people that don't know how we feel. They look at the other side as just to kind of like bash what we're saying and that you're missing the point, you're missing what we're trying to say in our genuineness. Now,
2: I know you're pressed for time, and you're in classes right now, so thanks for giving us your time today. But what happened, did anything happen of significance since that meeting? Did you have conversations? Did administration, did you hear from administration? Was any new policies enacted? Like, what was, I guess, the fallout from all of it?
1: Honestly, nothing at all
0: so just kind like of some it. uproar and that was it
1: and it died out
0: yep How's this affected the relations between students I mean has there been any racial tension or or has it helped? in that regard?
1: Oh, it's absolutely helped because we. one of our main purposes of the program is to open the door for communication. We want to let you know that we want to talk to you about these things so that we can help to educate you because we know that you're not learning these things. So I've had several students that I've never met before just come up to me and just want to talk about some of the things we showed in the program and like ask why there was so much uproar and told me how much they loved the program and honestly, after the program, people tell me that they've walked with their head higher. People who aren't even black people just tell me they walk with so much more confidence because of our program. So honestly, I feel like a burden has been lifted off of our shoulders here at the school and barriers have been broken down for communication.
2: That is interesting to hear because on their website, the district publishes its demographics and it says it's about 60% white, about 25% Mm -hmm. black. So there are students there who probably need to have a voice who aren't in the majority right. and so mm-hmm. giving them that voice and I wonder, did your parents talk to you about that about you know using your voice speaking your voice I mean how did you deal okay. with it personally as you were going through it
1: you know my parents have raised me to be very strong in my opinion and to not hold back when I know what I'm doing is right. So they've backed me the whole way. My family and my friends have supported me, just told me just to speak my truth pretty much because everything that I'm doing is for a positive reason. You know what I mean? So they've supported me every step of the way. Sometimes I've had a louder voice than me and just had to remind them that yeah, it's my program, too. <laughs> well, I mean,
2: from our side, we dedicate this podcast to giving people like you a voice right. when they try to be drowned out or not heard from to discuss these issues. And hopefully we keep hearing your voice. And mm-hmm. I hope that, I don't know how you feel about it, but hopefully this has only emboldened you to, to continue the cause, I guess. No.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. You no, know, I will not back down. You'll care about me more and more.
0: Okay. Well, thanks again, Jordan, for taking time out of your day. We really appreciate it, and um, hopefully this brings a little more clarity to the issue and, you know, keep up your activism. Now Um, get back to class and get good grades.
1: (laughs) Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a great day.
0: Thank you. You too. Thanks.
2: Yeah, so to put a little nice bow on this story with Jordan and we appreciate again her talking with us, but at her high school prom, she was named prom queen according to her. That's awesome. Her tweets and her friends tweets from that event, so you know, you could tell that Jordan that that situation rocked her a little bit. Yeah. And I'm sure changed her yeah. as you could hear in her talk, so at least you know, it's I'm sure she wouldn't change it, but at least she had a nice ending to her high school
0: year. Right. And I think it also Shows that clearly the students still have goodwill towards her because sure. she still got nominated prom queen. So right. that's a good thing. All so all congrats around. to Jordan Yeah, congrats to you, Jordan. Enjoy prom. It's nothing like it. Don't enjoy it too much. You just recently went to the National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C.
2: The thing is, like, so the American History Museum is a huge museum. I mean, it's three floors, multiple wings, and the wings are big. There's an east and west wing. They're big, and they have different themes on every wing of every floor. So there's a ton of material in it, mm-hmm. and they pack a lot into it. But I was just noticing in it that when— blacks were presented in historical context in that museum they were largely presented as slaves mm. and i saw a black student you know it, this is a popular time in dc this time of year right for a lot, for of a lot kids. there are a ton of yeah. school kids around yeah so you can't help but notice like all these kids are soaking kind of this stuff up maybe for the first time right you know i didn't know i don't know how you feel about it but there are so many you can represent that i get that and and it has its place, but there was little to do with you know, like Martin Luther King. I didn't see Malcolm mm-hmm. X in it. I didn't see um, Frederick Douglass. I didn't see like I didn't see those things mm-hmm. that also depicted right. You know, so it was culture. Was
0: it just like a period sort of? Yeah, I exhibition? mean, there were, there were
2: wings on the revolution. Not now, the the Revolutionary War. Like they actually did have. They had a little write up about how there was like a black regiment, which I didn't know. But, I mean, that was one of the few things, like, you know, they had, like, American presidents... They had World War One, World War Two, they had culture things like what was popular at the time. They had a lot of Native American stuff. They had a lot of Chinese stuff. And it was all really nice and positive mm-hmm. and, you know, depicted those cultures well. I just noticed that, you know, there wasn't a lot of black history that represented, I guess, the what full you would call spectrum some of, of, the, of the black. Some of the experience. good times and some yeah. of the impressions and contributions. Right. The one big one I saw was it had like a handful of instruments to suspended from the ceiling with wires and it was about music Mm -hmm. and a lot of the pictures on the wall were of black musicians
0: which actually feeds into another stereotype that blacks all we have is entertainment right you know so So i got into this whole mess
2: of looking up for the curators and the museum and blah 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 you know it was you could come up with theories about why that was the way it is based on who did the work and but i'm just wondering like you know when you go to museums does that do you expect to see that and are you are you just so focused on, you know, educating yourself on stuff you may have not known about history that you don't notice it or does it bother you or not bother you?
0: I have not been to the museum you're you're speaking of specifically. I have gone to other museums that have black history and several of them have sort of focused on the the transcontinental slave trade period. Yeah, there was a lot um, of
2: focus on the slave trade.
0: Which it's a sort of a double-edged sword. On one hand, it is very educational. Like that, the first time I actually, I remember going through a museum in Baltimore, actually, it was just not far from DC. And, you know, they had like the shackles that they, that, um, from actual slave ships. I mean, it's very emotional. That was the first time I, I think as an, as an adult and I was able to process it, it made it very real for me. Like, wow. Like this is actually what, what people, what my people, um, had to suffer through. However, no, I, I would not want to go to a museum where that's all that they have because I think there's there's so much more to the to the black experience and black people in our our experience in this country runs a full spectrum of experiences and events and so I do think it's limit limiting it to just that is probably not the best way to do it if you're gonna have if you're gonna do it though have the other side right too. absolutely however i think maybe that was the reason for this newer museum which is a lot larger which right, gives you a lot more room and time i mean there's no but like- i do think kids black kids especially not just black kids but all kids do need to see how brutal the slave trade was but i don't think i think if you just focus on that like that's all like i that's it's so limited in scope that it's probably not doing the black experience justice.
2: But it's just like it's depressing. Absolutely. I, I get anything you see it and it but it's depressing. Yes, it is. And it's not a comforting thought. Right. You Which know the it thing should is, be. like you rarely see an exhibit at a museum of the KKK.
0: True. Of the bad stuff that but white, if, if, white you a, if, if, if you went to If you went to a Holocaust culture. exhibit, I'm sure you would see things in that exhibit as well that would, you know, make you uncomfortable. Right. I, I think you have to right. but otherwise you,
2: th- this is the American History Museum. Right. And so to ju- like you never see those exhibits. Like that still gets kind of, you know, erased or right. you know, whatever you want it's just not depicted. It's, it's yeah, it is a whitewashing. But you know, like there was this one sculpture in the American History Museum of a black family that were slaves. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it just seemed unnecessary. And it was maybe the largest sculpture exhibit in the whole museum of black culture. And that's what it was. And they were barefoot, hunched over with a broom. You know, your prototypical, just slave looking. Yeah. And it was just kind of like, I'm just looking around at the kids in there. And it was, it was kind of like, there's more, there's more to history right, too. Absolutely. It's okay to put that in there. But it seemed like every, in every little exhibit, there were just like these, these kind of like brush strokes of slaves and... And servitude and and i get it that it's it's part of the history but you don't see it depicted on kind of the white side of the eye a little bit with what the kkk did with what legislators did at the time you know all that stuff that could be depicted and like you said it's it's kind of whitewashed
0: but they don't whitewash slavery right absolutely well i mean that's that's very common i mean well first of all i don't know the curator of the museum i don't know who developed the ex the exhibition but you know it probably was developed through their own Perspective and their own bias sure. And to be honest You know it probably was done a long time Ago and so that's at the time That the exhibit was set up that probably Was what they thought was The best way to portray the black Experience the good thing is I think Is that now you have other Alternatives that yeah, probably Give a better depiction of it I'm not Telling people don't go to that museum but I think if it would probably be good if You certainly visited the newer Museum because I think it's it's much more complicated comprehensive but yeah man i mean i'm glad those kids saw it but i just hope that they took them to some I other i hope they went to the museum uh, so, across the yeah, street absolutely and that goes for you know anything i mean a lot of times i think when you have a white person sort of developing a exhibition about black culture you know it's always tricky because is that white person going to do do they really have a under, a true understanding not to say white people can't understand the black experience but i think with the newer museum they have a black curator and yeah. so I think there was a lot of effort put into making sure that there was a comprehensive depiction of the black experience whereas if you got some I'm assuming some older white guy maybe who set up this exhibit that you went to well that's that's based on his opinion of what he thinks the black experience is so yeah that's unfortunate you're that you're very like, eloquent today because the comprehension of the culture
2: or a comprehensive view of the cultures you just so eloquently said is as I guess my overall point is on both sides you don't have it on the black side all you have is kind of slavery and a few pictures of martin luther king jr in there but on the white side of the museum you have a lot of heroicism and a lot of like this family helped win the war and you don't get the kind of i guess you would call the dark or negative parts so i guess a more comprehensive look when you're putting for your curators out there absolutely try to be yeah. more comprehensive and, and, because you know then you students like like we talked about with jordan like she felt like she had to bring that forward because right. black history month was usually all about celebrating all the positivity right that that black people like to celebrate but she wanted to present some reality yes that she thought needed to be presented and i think that's kind of what is lacking in some museums too is the reality of what yes. happened over hundreds yes. of years
0: well let's be honest there are white people who when black people are portrayed in a light that they are not accustomed to or they aren't comfortable with. It makes them uncomfortable. Sure. So if, you're, if your own internal stereotypes and, and biases and you believe, well, black people are only good at entertainment and sports or you sort of think the black experience is primarily slavery and then you're presented with this alternative reality, people, some people are uncomfortable with that and they, they tend to say, oh no, no, we don't want to see that. Let's just focus on this because that's what I'm used to seeing. That's what I believe and that's what makes me comfortable what i don't understand is why when black people share their experience and it's not in this this box that white people some white people rather consider to be what they think it is why that makes them uncomfortable i don't know why you would be uncomfortable with the truth right i mean all of our cultures white black asian hispanic whatever all of all cultures in history have parts of our history that are dark and people have done terrible things and you may not be proud of it it is what it is. And you have to you have to be honest about that. And you can't just depict one group's negative aspects and then, you know, sort of play down your own or focus on one group's, you know, struggles and sort of, you know, gloss over your own. I I, I mean, if you're going to have an exhibit and it's supposed to be historically accurate, then it should be accurate all the way around and not just you pick and choose the things that you want to highlight. Right. And I just think it's more important to have it in a place that is your American history museum. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks again for joining us don't forget we love to hear from our listeners hey you guys send us ideas if you got ideas for show topics you know send them to me send it to Lucas we'd we love to have your ideas also if you have you know ideas for guests send them to us you can always contact us through our Facebook page at facebook slash group slash other side podcast or you can always hit us up on twitter at other side underscore pod or you can email us at other side mailbox at gmail.com so until the next time try to see things from other side, thanks.